0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves and William Gibson. Hey, guys.
1: How's it going, Mike?
0: Boy, it's week 13. It's busy. I tell you what.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, very busy indeed. Um, yeah, the, uh, well, that, that updates out and it's huge.
0: Yeah, the updates out came out earlier today. It took me about 20 minutes overall, 25 minutes to get it installed and downloaded and everything. Uh, so start it early if you intend to race, but let's get right into it. Cause we got a lot, a lot, a lot of topics here. Um, obviously it's off season for the NASCAR R racing series. Next up Daytona 500. I can't wait. Uh, this last week we ran road to pro at auto club, California. And, uh, boy, I finished P 24. Uh, it was bad i am so slow on the short run i don't know what i'm doing coming off the corner because these guys are just eating me alive and uh but we get on the longer runs and i seem to be able to keep pace and even move forward a little bit on the longer run which is usually the opposite for me so i didn't really understand what was going on but uh yeah i just felt like you know i was a 20 24th place car running you know and that's probably what i deserved so that's what i got Uh, Matt Cisna, teammate, he ran with me P20, um, he had a better run than that going, but he had some black flag issues, um, if I recall, it was something about, he passed somebody under yellow and he didn't think he did, and then he pitted and something, and it wouldn't clear his flag, and so he had to pit again, and it made him lose multiple laps, but, uh, And I think he actually gained them back, and then at the end he got some other kind of black flag. So, yeah, I just recall he had quite the challenge that day. Yeah, that's a tough deal for sure. Well, and I was ready for Atlanta tonight, but guess what? They're taking the week off. I checked the schedule earlier, and uh, sure enough, uh, they're skipping this week because of week 13. So Atlanta is next week. Uh, Probably a good thing. The setup that we were working on, that we have in our Google Drive, I went and loaded it earlier before the podcast, and guess what? It failed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it probably held off just because of all the updates. I know I haven't actually even got to drive the A-car yet between Rallycross and the Midgets. But um, everybody sounds like it is. It drives different, for sure.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it briefly. I did get in the car at, at Atlanta. And did a few laps. I, I loaded the fixed set because that's all I had. And, uh, yeah, it drives different. I don't know how to describe it uh, except tight, 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 tight. It just wouldn't turn, it felt like. It didn't feel like the right rear was turning the co- uh, turning the car by using the throttle like you normally do. So, it's some huge differences. We'll go through that today. Let's talk about other racing. So, that was Road to Pro uh what else we did is we ran a league race some of us and it was daytona trucks uh i was uh making an impressive showing i think i qualified third um and i wrecked i got wrecked out running third and um it wasn't my fault and there was nothing i could have done to to avoid it it's one of those situations but I felt pretty good about how I was running. I thought I was in a position, a really good position to potentially win that race. Uh, William, you tell us about how you ran. You ran that race with me.
1: Yeah, no, I hit almost everything but the pace car. Um, <laughs> but because of that, I made a lot of rookie mistakes. It was my first race at Daytona. And it's a different kind of racing than I'm used to. So, But by running kind of off pace the whole race it made me miss a lot of the wrecks. And I was running in the one lap down, but I was in the group with leader, group with the leaders along with David and it, wow, it is, it's intense. Um, I don't use the virtual mirror in the VR headset. I so I'm always constantly looking up, checking those mirrors, ended up slapping the wall one time early on, but that was, that got the blood pumping for sure. Um, I was actually running, battling for fifth, coming to the line. I was pushing the guy in fifth. He kind of got loose. I just kept it in the throttle, because we were we were right there at the line, and ended up in P7, and then David ended up passing me for P6, as he was right on my bumper. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad I got to run that before the Daytona 500, because I would have looked stupid in the Daytona 500 without this experience, so I had a ton of fun. I'm kind of bummed you got wrecked out there, because you, you definitely could have had a shot at that, especially with the three of us in that pack towards the end, it just... It's a different kind of racing for sure.
0: Yeah, I was just waiting for you guys to get up there, yeah, but I got wrecked out. And But uh, yeah, it's fun. Restrictor plate's a whole new thing, isn't it? It's like uh, you got. It's all about positioning, You know, putting yourself in the right place, huh?
1: Yeah, and I thought I did a good job because I was running six, chasing P5 down, come to the line, and I had a run, and he kind of put a little block, and I just kept in the throttle. Ended up getting him a little out of shape because... We were right there at the line. There was really... If I didn't keep on the throttle, he would have fell back, and I would have got passed by by Dave, and I did everything I could to keep ahead of him. But he ended up P6 with me and P7. So it was, it was fun, definitely. I don't know how you're that good at that. That is stressful.
0: <laughs> I don't know either, but I always seem to excel at those kind of races. Uh, Justin Laird ran with us as well. He ended up 14th. Um, so it was fun. The four of us, we all had a channel in the sim because the rest of us were in the team speak for the league, and we really couldn't talk in there as a team because there were so many people. So it worked out pretty good by setting up our own channel in the sim radio, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know I was trying to help David set it up there, and neither one of us got to get a good qualifying lap in, so we kind of got stuck in the back. But that, that was it was a little confusing a couple times, so I wasn't sure which channel was which at first because I run it the small alert so a couple times i was like wait wait no that's that's no one i know there
0: (laughs) well you can key up and it'll say what channel you're on so you just push your push to talk once just touch it and you'll see which one it is
1: well i run the small alert and with the vr it's all the way at the bottom
0: oh So, so you're not looking at it you don't see it
1: right yeah and i actually because i do the vr i actually have the triangle and circle button on my wheel map to it so a couple times i had to make sure i didn't hit the wrong button and Call something out for everyone to hear. But, yeah, that was so much fun. So much fun.
0: Yeah, it was was a good time. I'm excited. uh, We're running that on Wednesday nights. Uh, Other racing I documented that we did. I put up a video on our Facebook page of uh, I took a win in Pickup Cup uh, at Phoenix and uh, did some donuts in the truck. But I always love to go run Pickup Cup or Dolara Dash or Carburetor Cup and – Try to steal a win from those guys, and uh, I usually get away with it. I usually get a win one way or another, and I did this race. Um, I was running second legitimately and not catching the guy in front of me, but he got taken out by a lapper, and so it was just handed to me. But I took it. You know, I had to bring it home, so it was fun. Uh, When I did the donuts, I kind of shortened up the back end of the truck by hitting the walls because it's so narrow at Phoenix, and I guess I suck at donuts, but... uh, I was thinking that I even commented on the video that, Hey, Denny Hamlin style here. Let's uh, tear the rear corners off
1: this car while we do our donuts. Well, hopefully we get better at doing those donuts next season.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump the topics. Tony, you want to take the first one? We lots of stuff here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a busy night tonight. Um, yeah. First topics about uh, heat racing and, uh, how does it work? So, pretty good explanation here is that uh, you get a fresh car every session, but the track state carries over from the one from one session to the next. Um, caution laps will still count. Um, says uh, they're still working on a UI to let you set up hosted heat race sessions. The full implementation of that is not likely to make it for the first 13th week build, and might take even longer than the 13th week uh still in progress it's it's coming it's coming they got to work on it um once the uh the full hosted heat event implementation implementation is available heat racing is independent of the type of track that you select so if you want to run a heat race at a at a road course go for it so that that's kind of a neat little uh thing you can do if you're into that
0: well, if you have a lot of people, I i mean, that's what I was thinking, like tournaments or stuff where maybe you have 100, 150 people enter, and so you somehow set up hosted heat races that feed into a main event or something.
2: Yeah, now that's a great idea. I'm sure we'll see a bunch of that stuff pop up. Never thought of that.
0: Yeah, I'll take over uh, here. Uh, jump to me. Rating exchanges are performed separately and in sequence for each individual race session, during the whole heat event. Only the drivers assigned into a particular race are included in that session strength of field and only exchange I rating with each other. So if you race in heat one and make it into the feature, don't leave before the features over otherwise you'll get a do not start and lose I rating to the features whole field. So they're saying you get your I rating based on the last event you were in if you got eliminated in the heat that's where you lose your i rating if you move on to the feature then that's where you lose your i rating or or gain oh. it
2: okay okay so if you if you uh if you do good in your heat and you get pushed to the feature anything that kind of happened in the, in that heat doesn't really count for you it carries over into the feature
0: something like that. that's what I, I understand it right
2: okay
1: the way I read it, would look like if, say, if you gain I rating in your heat, so say you go from a 1,100 to like a 1,200, Uh huh. the I rating you're going to get rated for in the feature would be the 1,200. Oh, so, you okay. could so it gain. recalculates each time. It
0: starts over each time.
1: That was kind of the way I read through it. I had to read through it like three times. I'm I know. Not it's kind of confusing. But it looks like if you're winning the heats and the mains – you should move your I rating up a lot quicker because you're essentially getting rated for 100, 100, 100
0: or something, right?
1: Yeah, that's the way I read it. So you don't have to worry about losing I rating if you don't make the main, but you can gain some in the heat, then lose it back in the main. So it might bounce up and down, but.
0: Okay. Well, one more here. You're free to change your setup between sessions. What's next, Tony.
2: Um, yeah, so they say in general, each driver is assigned to a single heat race within the event. The only exception to this is if the race organizer has configured the event such that some number of the top positions from the qualify session go directly to the feature. If so, then those top qualifying drivers do not participate in any of the heat or consolation races and their next session after qualifying will be the feature. Well, that's interesting
0: yeah it's very uh, complex it gives the, the host a lot of options it sounds like
1: well that should make it i don't know if they're going to do this for the daytona 500 but that sounds a lot like the dual format where if you qualify first or second for the 500 your spots are guaranteed that looks very similar so yeah
0: and it's something they do in the dirt world so that's why we have it here. Uh next is if a heat event is configured with no qualifying session, the heat race's grids, the grids of the heat races are formed via random draw.
1: That's pretty common with dirt racing as well. Um a lot of a lot of series don't qualify, it's a random draw for the heat race and the heat race essentially is qualifying for the main.
0: Yeah, and I'll take the last one here. On the other hand, once a server has determined that you will not be participating in any of the remaining sessions within the event, there's no need to stick around until the event finishes. You can disconnect without any additional i impact. Though you could stick around and watch the event too. Hovering the mouse cursor over the wait button, which is in place of the drive button, will tell you if you're done for the event or not.
2: Well, that's a nice feature, just so you know, in case you, well, someone like me that would be totally new to that that type of racing. Um, don't know what the heck to do, so just hover the button, and it'll tell you. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. And you know you can disconnect without, you know, losing any more, right? Uh, you know, if you don't advance, yeah, you disconnect if you want. All right, what's next, Tony?
2: Well, uh, talking about... Uh, Sorry, some of the GRC uh, stuff here. Um, so there, they say there will be uh, two configurations at the Daytona uh, 2007 track, and one at the old Phoenix track, um, one at uh, IRP. I uh, want to help me out with that. Uh, Raceway Parkway. It's Indy. Oh, okay. Okay. And the
0: short track okay. at Indianapolis.
2: Okay, okay. And one at Iowa. So there will be three base content configurations that will run in the Rookie Series. IRP and Iowa, along with the three base content uh, configurations, will be in the Class D and Up Series. Decided to bring the Gateway configuration for now, but may revisit it. Uh, We found the, the Phoenix config to be more fun and so we focused on it.
0: Yep. And I already ran the Daytona track uh, earlier, right before the podcast. I just tried the Global Rally Cross and uh, get a touch of it. And it, it's interesting, for sure. Fun little track. Uh, there's a jump in the middle of it. It's really tight to get into the jump. And it's really tight landing, too. So you got to hit it just right. All right, uh, next topic. In the forums, uh, iRacing staff tell us, hey, you don't really need a handbrake, you know, in the rallycross. A lot of people are concerned about it. Um, Jason Bryfogel said, you don't really need it unless you plan on blowing a corner. And, uh, you know, IRP is the only track with a hairpin tight enough that we've been using it regularly there. But if you get the corner right, you don't need it there either. And so uh, there you go. And I didn't feel like I needed to go and map a button for the handbrake when I was running around Daytona earlier. It it seemed like the the regular brake was just
1: fine. Yeah, I did quite a bit of practice. I never even mapped the button until just before we started recording here, and I didn't like it, honestly. So I think I'm going to unmap that and just try not to blow any corners right
0: so don't panic people if you don't have a handbrake uh there's a lot of discussion on facebook about that
2: well my my wife will thank you because uh now i i probably won't be bugging too hard to to buy a handbrake
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right what do you got next
2: ah we're getting uh getting a little love from uh from the listeners that's that's always really cool um uh, I, I, unfortunately, I don't have the name to this. Uh, the link's not working right, but he says, uh, Mike, I just want to say thanks for doing the podcast. I was out of things to listen to and had an eight hour drive ahead of me over the weekend. I figured I'd take a shot and search for an iRacing podcast on Stitcher. One road trip later and several, several hours of podcasts. I'm hooked and excited to run the NIS in 2018. I'm a short track guy, love the late model stuff and also watch NASCAR. I ran one NIS race this year and won the dang thing. Well, congratulations. That's wow. awesome. One start, yeah. one win. Yeah, no doubt. It was, it, But it was Daytona. Well, hey, winning at Daytona is, is definitely uh, a big. tough deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I already had it in my mind. I wanted to start running bigger tracks and cars next year. And your podcast has certainly inspired me to get some practice in over the winter. Well, that's awesome. More people to NIS.
0: Yeah, and it's so cool that we somehow uh, have inspired him to run NIS. That's pretty cool. So, uh, hey, that's the whole goal is let's talk about our races and how it goes and whatnot. Now, I can't believe I lost the link or the link is broken somehow. But uh, whoever you are, man, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the track. So, cool. Uh, And there was another one. Uh, We had a post in the forums, actually, from Louis Zambelli from Canada uh congratulations mike on the 100th episode uh very nice work i'm ready for 101 so thanks lewis i appreciate that all right i'll take the next one we got the build notes uh and this was released before the the build came out by steve reese from iRacing and he went over basically uh kind of uh I would say an an overview and this is how we're really going to go through the release notes because there's so much. Um, So we're going to do the overview part first and later we'll get into the actual release notes. Uh, So I'm going to read through some of the highlights here. Uh, The 2018 season one build brings with it another physics overhaul to the asphalt oval series of the iRacing service. In March, we saw sweeping changes across both Class A and B NASCAR iRacing Series vehicles in an effort to bring the two cars closer to their real-world counterparts. And in Season 1, build in December, today, we'll take these changes even further, with many of the changes being adapted to the NASCAR iRacing Class C trucks as well as the NASCAR National Series car. One of the first things you'll notice when getting behind the wheel of these cars is a dramatic change in aerodynamic performance. Each of the cars updated in the Season 1 build will have a full rebuild of the aerodynamic map, with each car getting its own unique update. So, huge changes here. Uh, Let's get into the A car. The Gen 6 car, used in the NASCAR iRacing Series and Class A Series, has a full aero map rebuild to bring them up to 2018 regulations. A reduction in overall downforce and side force will place more control in drivers hands and reduce dependence on aerodynamics relative to previous builds. And I'm not going to read each and everything on these cars, but it basically says that for the Xfinity car, the trucks and so forth. Uh, Big changes on the truck aerodynamically and downforce wise as well. I got on the in the car briefly at Atlanta and ran like literally four laps and it felt different. I it felt tight. Uh it felt like it wouldn't turn off the rear the right rear with the throttle like it used to and so it's different. I and I know I don't think I've run it enough to tell you more than that. Uh front suspension geometry and kinematics were updated to improve platform roll and ride height control. Sway bar has been updated to more accurately produce the roll stiffness values that the various sway bar arrangements should produce. Front shock rebound for the trucks in Xfinity. Maximum rebound in the front shocks has been increased significantly. Track bar rake. When the car is loaded into, into the world and the car settles, the track bar heights we set in the garage are not the values registered in the sim. With the 4-inch rake limit imposed in March 2017, this produced an effect for the right side of the track bar could never be higher than the left. To correct this, the range has been opened up to allow for proper track bar configurations. So they changed all this stuff with the sets, too, and how you set these things up. So um, we're talking huge changes. What do you guys think about that uh, overview about the uh, NASCAR cars?
2: I'm not, uh, I'm not totally sure yet. I haven't been able to jump to jump in the car. I'm still downloading the update now. But um, I noticed that there's there's going to be a lot more emphasis on uh, on taking care of your tires. So that that's going to be the most interesting one for me. I got no idea how to build a setup, but. Uh, the tire thing, that really intrigued me. I thought I was doing fairly well with being able to, uh, uh, you know, take decent care of my tires now. So now i really going to have to uh, try for that. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice. They're just trying to make it a little more realistic. Um, every time they do this, it gets closer and closer. Um, just makes a sim better for everybody. I don't drive them enough or don't have enough experience to say how it's going to affect it. Uh, every time I'm out there, I'm just holding on. So um, I'm just glad I get a few months to practice before the next season.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, let's move on. William, will you want to take the next one? You're the dirt guy, so tell us what you see.
1: Yeah, so they changed a bunch of stuff with dirt as well. Um, the biggest thing with being heat races, and then they – they changed the way the dirt surface works with the experience they got with the GRC devs. So it's going to reduce forward traction, giving you more throttle control, which should hopefully make it more realistic because dirt throttle control is everything. Um, they loaded up a new track. We got Knoxville. Um, if you know anything about dirt racing, Knoxville is a huge track, especially with sprint cars. And with the wing sprints, probably I would say wing sprints are the most popular car in the sim. This will be a very popular track. Yeah, they added the dirt midget, which I did a little practice with today. That thing is a beast. Um, it is a wheelie machine. So, I'm yeah, you put f- up a video. It was very interesting. Yeah, if you it has so much low end torque. If you get if you get a little too crooked in the corner and scrub too much RPM and speed, that thing hooks up. Um, I was at Williams Grove, so that track already is kind of like a hairpin turn. But yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. I did practice the the changes they implemented with the dirt midget with body roll and making it a little more realistic. They also carried over to the non-wing sprint cars into the wing sprints. I didn't practice those a whole lot, a little bit on the non-wing side, and it did feel a lot more forgiving. It did drive a lot more off the right rear, so that felt good. So it was just nice to see them making it a little more realistic, adding some more content. I can't wait till they do a Knoxville National and get a lot of guys out there, because that's a that's a nice track and those wing sprint cars are beasts. So
0: that's going to be so cool, Knoxville Nationals, especially with the heat racing and all that stuff, and combined with it, with these midgets and sprints and stuff. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward. I need to put a little effort in this season to get some good sets for us, because I love running the dirt stuff. Um, that midget though, I. I was scared to go out with the midget series because there was like 300 people and the few laps I didn't practice. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna wait till everybody kind of settles down. and We get some good guys out there because <laughs> it does Willy's like nobody's business. Could be carnage. Just taking out a pit road, I popped a Willie and I was like, oh wow, okay. Um, so yeah, now that thing's. I think if we, they have a good series that's broadcasted at all, those things will be a blast to watch.
0: Yeah, so that was the overview on the dirt, also put out by Steve Reese. Uh, There were some other tidbits uh, from him on another post. I'll read those. There are no plans to put pits outside the track at this time. When possible, tracks will be adapted to have infield pits. He also said refueling is currently not being discussed. I'd be open for suggestions on how to do it while keeping things realistic, though. Cautions not counting has been discussed, but with all the work that we've had to go into heat racing ended up being shuffled down the priority list. It's still on the list and tire wear and a proper cushion are pretty much at the top of the list for me, along with a few more general car physics updates. So he's still working on the cushion and tire wear.
1: Yeah, that, that if you get good tire wear, cause right now the the tires don't drop off like they do in the NIS cars. No, not at all. So it, typically, when a track gets slick, you really have to work that throttle, and if you overheat those tires, you just lose grip. So if they get that proper, I'm glad they're putting that as their top priority. Um, as far as cautions not counting, that's most of the time that counts in most races, at least anything I've always done. And when it comes to refueling, the only time I've ever seen cars refill dirt wise is under a red flag, especially with like the non-wing cars if somebody goes over. So I'm I, reading through that. I'm kind of glad they're put in their focus on tire wear. Yeah. All right, Tony, what's next?
2: Oh, there's a a post up in the, in the forums there, a fella. He is uh, asking how to, how to look to apex or, or look to corner. Um, I guess it was, uh, it's in R factor too. I've not, uh, I've not tried that. So I, am not too familiar with what he's asking, but David Tucker came on and said, we don't have a look-to-corner feature, but in in the file document, uh, your your app.any file, you can mess with the view. The driver rotate head um, is uh, currently it'll be set at 0.0s. Uh, so you set that to 1, and it'll cause the camera to follow the direction of travel rather than tracking with the car body. So it kind of gives you about the same effect as what this fellow is looking for.
0: Yeah, look to Apex. Obviously, if you're in VR, you're doing that, right, William?
1: Yeah, the only sim I've ever done was Project Cars that had that, and I actually didn't like it because there had a lot of segs I probably didn't put enough effort into it. But yeah, with VR, I'm always looking, try to look where I'm going, not...
0: Right, you look where you're headed, like the corner.
1: Yeah, so um, VR is obviously the best way to go through that. I feel like that would be a tough thing because sometimes you want to have an early apex or a late apex and that's kind of what i didn't like about it in project cars so um but it's nice they have some kind of option to help this guy out well
0: this is part of what i always call the gyro view i've talked about this before this is how i run i racing on my triples is i do turn this driver rotate head to 1.0 and the proper uh Description of what this is is it says percent to rotate driver's head with slip angle. One equals a hundred percent. Zero is zero. And so, what it does is that the car is kind of shifting one way or the other. It will kind of move the center of your like if you're looking at the center of the center monitor. When you're going in a straight line, it's right out the center of the window. But if you turn into an apex, it'll shift slightly towards the apex. And that's kind of what a look-to-corner feature is. And anyway, I run that that way, and so I thought it was cool So I, that he recommended it. But uh, yeah, so there's some other settings I run as well that kind of make that work even better. And that is uh, driver head horizon equals one, and driver head no pitch equals one. And driver head wobble at zero. And if you get those mixed with this one, with the driver rotate head, you'll have what I call the gyro view, which is a totally different view than the default view that iRacing presents you because your head is locked to the horizon and the car's moving underneath you and it gives you visual clues as you can see the car compress on shocks or, or bottom out as it hits the track and that kind of thing and you can visually see it it's kind of hard to describe all right uh William, you want to take the next one
1: so yeah i was actually just i didn't even go watch the video here i was just reading through it looks like somebody made a tv ad for iRacing. um i know yeah, was... i
0: saw this it was
1: great I know I'm so used to watching their um their little short clips they post on like Instagram or, um Facebook those little clips but I need to watch this because I would love to see a be watching TV and watch a an iRacing video pop up.
2: Yeah, you should watch this one, William, because uh, yeah, this guy uh, Alexander Horn, um he he did a nice did a really nice job. Now there's no actual sounds; it's just a music track, uh in behind it, but. I'll be honest with you. It really doesn't take it take away from anything. Um, kind of gives you a nice glimpse of what iRacing's all about. I didn't see any dirt content on there, but you know maybe he'll make a follow up, uh, you know mock ad uh, video adding in some of the dirt content that we got now. But uh, yeah, he he did a pretty good job. It, it's it's well put together for sure.
0: Well, it's like the editing is synchronized with the music almost, and. So it really is uh, lively and keeps you interested. And and what's neat is as he cuts from shot to shot, it's different cars on different tracks. He's showing road racing, oval racing, NASCAR racing, everything, you know. Kind of neat because it gives you a view of like a lot of the cars that are available. And that I sometimes even forget about how much different content we have available. It's amazing, really. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, Animated Pit Crews, uh, iRacing tweeted out earlier this week uh, reminding us, hey, this is coming, and they put up a video. I actually uh, took a look at this right before the podcast, and I tried it for the first time. I pulled into the pit stall, and I could hear it, but I couldn't see them. I only saw the, the sign guy. And so I got out of the car, I went to the options, graphic options, and I had uh, pit details at low. I moved pit details to medium, went and ran another lap and pitted, and sure enough, there they were. And it looks cool. While you're sitting in the car, it's cool to watch them run around the car, and I look at the right monitor on my right side, and I can see his face out the window of the tire changer or the tire carrier, and it's crazy. And then they run around the other side, and... There's uh you know, pit gun sounds and all that. It's really cool. There's audio that goes with it.
2: Oh, that's that's awesome. I'm. Uh, once this podcast is done and I'm all loaded up, man, I'm I'm so excited. I'm gonna be up on this thing all friggin' night tonight. So I was sitting
0: in the pit box after the stop was over, and I wanted to kind of look at them, So I backed up like six feet. And it was interesting because they're all still standing on pit road. They didn't climb back over the wall. They're standing there. The wheels are on the ground flat. And they're looking ahead, like looking out at pit exit, like I had driven away. But I had backed up. And I was kind of expecting them to turn their heads towards me as I backed up so I could see their faces. But, no, they're looking towards the other way. It was kind of odd. Um, But I backed up but I pulled forward a little bit and then tried it again and it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, hopefully we could get to see those during broadcasts, especially during the peak races. Just kind of make it better than a bunch of cars sit in there.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're going to see all of them at once. I think it's just the one driver. So I don't think that's going to happen, but hopefully eventually they'll get to that. This is the first step. All right, William, you want to take the next one?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have the um, launch of Global Rally Cross, and they actually posted some liveries we're going to get, um, just real-life paint jobs if you follow the series at all. Um, some of these are actually look really nice. You have the Scott Speed beef jerky, I don't know how to pronounce that, a Birdo beef jerky car, uh, the VW Beetle. You have a couple, I think the rest of them are actually all Fiestas. Um, It's actually really cool. They're actually implementing real-life liveries into the game. Um, So I feel bad for the people who are really good at doing paints on Trading Paints because this takes takes a little bit of work off of those guys, but I think it's actually really nice they did that, so if you do follow the series or have a following, you could just hop right in your favorite driver's car and go out there and jump the thing, so... Um. Yeah, we got one for the Beetle, and then it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six for the Fiesta. But all of these, all of these liveries look amazing. King Taco
0: is one of the sponsors. Uh, yeah, you know this surprised me. This is the first that I uh, not that I know of where iRacing has released a car, and when you get in it, you're not in a white car with no paint on it. And that surprised me when I got in this car for the first time, and then I got out and looked at the paint. It had a proper paint job on it, and I didn't load that. I didn't go to trading paints. I didn't do anything, but it has a proper paint job on it. That's a first. I don't think iRacing's ever done that.
1: I think, I believe the wing sprint cars, the new midget has um, Christopher Bell's scheme on it as well, but just small stuff, not to the caliber they did here, so... Hopefully, with more partnerships, we could get some of the cup schemes for the ACAR and just kind of liven it up a little bit.
0: Well, obviously, they worked a deal with the Global Rally Crossing that included the sponsor's uh, permission to use these, these paints in the sim at no cost or no additional cost. And that's what iRacing needs to do with NASCAR. They need to say, okay, we're NASCAR sanctioned. And that means we can use all the paint jobs that you guys have. And they get the teams and the sponsors to go along with it somehow. NASCAR somehow forces it. That's what we need, you know. So we don't have to come up. That's the whole reason we have trading paints is because iRacing doesn't have the licensing to put you in, you know, Dale Jr.'s nationwide ride because nationwide would sue iRacing for it, you know. That's what the deal is.
1: It's kind of a bummer it comes to that because I don't see how there could be a whole lot that a bad that goes with it. I know I think when we did a few weeks ago the Homestead fixed race the two cars battling up front were a Dell junior car and a Matt Kenseth car and actually he ended up with number 17. So it was it was just fun to watch those guys battle just because of their schemes um, being their last race. So hopefully in the future that starts to grow or even if Peak teams that have sponsors can put their scheme into the thing so we could drive those. Anything would help.
0: Yeah, it's very cool that uh, Red Bull Global Rallycross made that happen, obviously. So kudos to them. Uh, I'll take next topic. uh, A little tidbit from Steve Myers over on Twitter when somebody asked him about day-night transitions for the Daytona 24. He says... We have made progress, but not realistic for the Daytona 24. More more realistic goal would be Le Mans, which is a big project and no promises. But he did say it. Hey, maybe it'll be ready for Le Mans in June, I think is uh, when that race is. So June, it's coming soon, soon, soon.
1: I just wonder how long till we get day and night transitions do people start asking for rain and stuff of that nature on the roadside. Because I feel like on the oval side, we've been getting in quite a few updates lately. So it's time for those guys to hopefully get one soon. Yep.
0: All right, Tony, what do you got next?
2: Well, this is kind of a comical post on, on the forums there. Um, somebody's actually achieved a zero I rating. Um <laughs> and so this is just a post congratulating him uh on his goal of having a zero i rating. Uh, I wasn't quite sure that was uh even possible. I imagine you just have to just not do anything, just start and kind of quit your races. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what he did. If you look at his last 10 races on his profile you can see the start finish and uh, start position finish position, and this finish position is always like dead last, so he's like starting he's like registering for races and not running them is what he's doing.
2: So is he just trying to like uh reset his reset his stuff without you know signing up for a whole new account?
0: I don't know i I think if you sign
2: up for a new account, you don't start at zero though. No, no, you definitely
1: not. I think once you get out of rookies, you're at like fifteen hundred. I think yeah. he's probably just trying to be the first one to do it or acknowledge doing it
2: <laughs> Well, if that's the case, he wins
0: <laughs> yeah there's as you read down the the forum post uh there's people in here saying, "Oh no, he's not the first one. This has happened before, so So interesting, I never even occurred to me that. Somebody would even try to do something like that.
1: All right. uh, What do you got next, uh, William? So they posted a video introducing Knoxville. Um, It was a really well done video. I was actually at work when it came up, and I I excused myself, walked aside to watch it. But it is a great video. It shows them with the uh, 410 wing sprints, or just wing sprints, I assume, in their four ten. But yeah, great side-by-side racing. And actually, one thing they showed was the them running four wide, which is very common, just before the start of a main event with a World of Outlaws. So that was really cool. Kind of paid homage to real life there. So yeah, it was just a good video introduced in Knoxville. I was a little bummed out they didn't show the midgets um, in that video, the same way they showed the UMP modified when they showed off the dirt version of Lanier. But right. just another one of their short videos. I think it's like 30, 40 seconds, but... Just really good artwork, really showing it off. I I think even a couple couple people mentioned you could see cars driving by on the street um, when they zoom out. So just the amount of detail that went into this track is phenomenal. Um, They Even if you kind of look up above turn four, they put the new uh, Brian Clausen suite tower there, which isn't even finished being built yet in real life. So just the amount of effort and detail that went into this as a dirt racing fan. I really appreciate it. I think it's really nice they put these videos out. Um, I was so hyped up when they put that. I was could not wait for work to get over. And
0: and there's clearly day and night uh, versions here. I see both.
1: Yeah, I believe all Dirt tracks. I don't know if Lanier... Yeah, I think Lanier does as well. I think all tracks have a day-night transition, or not the transition, but a day or night variant. Right. Which really affects the grip level of the track, but yeah, those sprint cars under the lights when they're battling, that is it's fun to watch. So, especially if that track gets slicked up like they said they did. When I think they said they did 2000 laps of practice on it. So, wow. Yeah, they said it's you have grip at the very very bottom and way up top. So, a lot of slide jobs, a lot of good racing, so. I can't it, wait to it watch It looks some races so good
0: here. in the at night with the lights on it. And it's like it's not completely lit up there's like shadows you know and it really looks realistic
1: yeah they put you could tell they put a lot of effort into this and knoxville is probably one of the most iconic dirt tracks in america next to eldora so they definitely they took their time with this one and it really shows
0: okay let's get in the next one this is the actual release notes i'm going to start with first a, a twitter post from uh None other than uh, Steve Myers from iRacing. He says, "Killer, killer release, capping off our best year yet at iRacing. Five years ago, if you told me we would launch Ferrari, Porsche, World of Outlaws, Global Rally, and have the longest running and original eSport racing series with the Peak Auto and NASCAR, I would have called you a liar. But he's right. This is a huge release. I don't think I've ever seen a release this big. Um, with this much stuff uh, included. Um, This is definitely a a record as far as that goes. So let's kind of get into it. Um, We have new license classes. I don't think we've mentioned that. You have an A road, excuse me, a road, excuse me, a dirt road license. You have a oval uh, dirt license as well. And that's separated from your regular oval and road I rating and safety rating. So you'll have your own safety rating and I rating for each of those dirt, oval, and road. Uh, I'm only going to mention stuff that we haven't mentioned yet as I go through this. So let me just read through some highlights. So we talked about licensing. We've already covered heat racing. Uh, We covered the asphalt oval racing physics overhaul. We talked about the dirt oval racing changes. We've talked about global rally cross. Now everybody gets the VW Beetle for free. The Ford Fiesta is for sale. And William, you you bought that car. And then as far as tracks, we've already covered those as well. Uh... Rendering, a new water shader has been implemented at Daytona circa 2007. This shader replaces the formerly static water effect with one which is reactive to the wind and uses current lighting techniques. So more eye candy with, uh, the. Sh- I think they're talking about the lake inside Daytona. Uh, spotter, there's a brand new spotter pack. Cole Carter. The official spotter for Scott Speed is now available in iRacing. This spotter pack is ready to assist in all types of racing, including all calls needed for Rallycross racing. You may select which spotter pack iRacing uses in your audio options menu. So, does that mean that we don't have, if you don't turn on that spotter, your regular spotter won't work when you do global Rallycross?
1: Um my spotter was working I only ran side by side with one car just before the podcast and I just okay. used the default one and he actually he made a couple call outs. Um I don't know if having the rallycross one's going to mention like if you have or need to take the joker lap at all but he was calling out like car to your left car to your right so I was getting a couple call outs.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think we're I'm going to have to try that spotter pack and see how it goes.
2: Well, it says here, yeah, it does say like the the default uh aussie spotter is ready to assist with rally cross calls but i'm wondering like you get the uh you know the uh like i use the jj cuss pack because i love people swearing at me when i screw up um maybe that's not going to work yeah well it says they're not currently set up to perform the rally cross calls but hopefully they'll have an update for that soon yeah
0: i hope he does i also use the jj cuss pack so Uh, Pit crew animation, we covered that. Now, they did update the war wagons for many of the stock cars have been updated with more detail and randomly opened toolbox doors. Uh, InSIM radio has some kind of changes. Now, I read through this, and I didn't understand it at all. So I'm not even going to try to uh, tell you guys what it does. But there is some kind of change to the radio. Don't know have no idea. <laughs> I read that thing five times and couldn't understand it. Uh there's a handbrake uh, button you can uh you know map in the options, you know, which button it is or which handbrake, you know, calibration, so to speak. Uh new telemetry values have been added to telemetry if you use telemetry, so check that out. Stuff to do with uh the global rally cross and so forth as well as uh other information the uh new ui has been updated as well to include tons of stuff i don't think i'm going to go through that at all but they're still adding to it um it's getting there apparently and it was quite a big a uh, big a uh, update for the auto or excuse me for the new ui uh some updates to the sporting code a little bit and then uh the new cars we've we pretty much have talked about all the new ones the Ford Fiesta the Dirt Midget uh and so forth. Uh but all the other cars have had setup updates pretty much uh and then tire updates too. Now we haven't talked much about the tire updates but that certainly was changed as well. So this this NASCAR cars are going to be totally different to drive. Uh, let's see, track changes, we've kind of covered those, and that's pretty much the release notes, so boy, I mean, a ton of stuff. All right, uh, Tony, what's next?
2: Oh, well, there's uh, a video posted up by one and only Tony Stewart, schooling a young racer on starts and slide jobs in the 360s. Um... I started watching this video just before we started recording. I didn't realize it was a 13 minute video. So I really didn't get very far into it about just a couple of minutes. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm going to go back and watch this cause I just, I, I love Tony Stewart banter. Um, and it's, it's so cool to see him, uh, you know, doing quite a bit of it here in iRacing.
0: Yeah. It's actually towards the end of the video where he really gets talkative. Um, I actually wrote down some quotes uh, as I listened to this because I wanted to give you guys a taste of what he was telling this kid. There was a young kid in here, and you could tell by his voice. You know, he's probably early teens, you know. And anyway, um, he was racing with Tony Stewart, literally side by side, and they were having a great battle at the end. Um, and it was kind of fun to watch. Um, and here's some of the things that Tony was had said. He said... Uh, hey, there's not one guy who won a race on the first lap of a 50-lap race. You better not jump that start again. That was a fun, good job, kid. That was some awesome racing. Those guys don't know what they're missing. And he's saying stuff like that. And uh, very genuine. It was just like he was just another iRacer out there. Um, It was pretty cool. Uh, it's, It's neat that he's running these things on a regular basis. I need to get... Uh, one of these cars and try to
1: race with him. That's pretty cool. I wonder if he knew he was racing with Tony Stewart when that started. Because I just feel like if I was that age, and if I knew, I would have just been so nervous, I probably would have wrecked myself. It's
0: funny you say that. He actually, the kid asked that at one point in the recording. Uh, He said, is this really Tony Stewart? And another driver said, oh yeah, that's him. And then you could hear Tony talk a minute later and I, I can, I don't know I, if, if it's just me, but I can certainly recognize his voice in an instant. You know, the moment he talks, I know it's him. You can hear it.
2: Yeah, he's got a pretty distinctive voice. Um, you know, it's just a recording type, you know, just over the microphone on iRacing or you see him on TV. You don't even have to be looking at it. You know, you know it's him. Oh, yeah.
0: The moment you hear it, you know it's Tony Stewart. So without even seeing it. Yeah, yeah very cool.
1: And this is his first year in retirement. And now I think we've had three or four videos this year of him running and iRacing and talking smack and having fun. So, yeah. Hopefully, Dell Jr. comes over too and we start yeah. getting more NASCAR guys coming over.
0: Exactly. Let's, you know, Matt, maybe we can get Matt Kenseth on. That'd be great.
1: I, I just, I doubt he would want to, but I just wonder what the ratings would be if he got into the peak series. Um, just having a, somebody of that caliber or that name recognition. Could do so much, so much wonders for this sim,
0: right? What, what if Dale Junior started running, you know, A Opens and or NIS and built up his I rating to where it should be, you know, where it's actually the right number for him, and then he's like you said in the peak series, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Juniors talked a lot about making I racing the fourth series of NASCAR and he would be the guy He that would make be the bridge happen. to make yeah. it happen.
0: Yeah. Well, he's welcome. If you're out there, Dale jr, get on. All right. I'll take next. We're going into hardware software. Now I uh, want to remind people I've, I've talked, covered this before, but it's been a long time ago. A product I just love. It's called mouse without borders. And if you have two computers, and you somehow sw- switch between them or just need to access both of them at the same time or whatever, you need this. It's called Mouse Without Borders. It's a Microsoft product, totally safe. It's made by Microsoft. And here in my office, I have my main SIM computer, and I have a laptop that runs Joel Real Timing over here below, me on my, below my right screen. And I have one keyboard and mouse for both computers and so what you do is you install the software on both computers you configure it and the one keyboard and mouse works on both of them so what i do is when i'm on the main computer i just scroll my mouse to the right and keep going to the right until it goes off of the right monitor and then you know where it goes from there right onto the laptop and then the keyboard and mouse are working on the laptop at that point and if I want to go back to the main computer, I just scroll to the left until I'm on the main computer, and it's real time, it works, it's awesome.
2: This is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm in the same boat as you mike i've got I've got two separate computers, and I and I typically i'm I'm running both at the same time um, for various projects, and I didn't even know such a such a thing existed. Um, this is like Bloody Christmas. This is perfect.
0: Yeah, if you've never seen this and you have a need for it, you'll love it. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I've already I've already bookmarked the link. Um I'll be I'll be getting that one for sure. Yeah, and obviously
0: both computers have to be on the same network, but if they're in the same room, they probably are. So, uh but yeah, it works like a charm. I've I used it for years. This is a very old piece of software too, but it works uh and trust me, you'll love it. If you have two computers, give it a shot. It's called Mouse Without Borders. All right, William, you want to take next?
1: Yeah, so we have a member here talking about the Samsung Odyssey VR headset uh, with the OLED screens. Um, he actually runs a Rift, so it's nice to get inside of somebody who's run one into the other. And it He's just going over um, the differences and little issues the Odyssey is having. Um, but the biggest thing that I noticed here that really kind of caught my eye was the resolution is definitely noticeable. And you get a better field of view um, horizontally. Um, with the Rift, you get a very good field of view up and down. And you do have to look left and right, but this gives you a better field of view in both directions. So, um, He says the Rift definitely has the advantage at the moment with iRacing just because of all the support it has. But the headset in general looks like the Odyssey's going to win out, so hopefully we get a little bit. Um, A little more support for that as they start coming out.
0: Yeah, the key word, the key sentence I saw was the Odyssey vertical FOV is at least twenty to thirty percent more than the Rift, which is a huge difference.
1: Oh, gotcha. I I misread that. I was, I spaced out. I misread that, but yeah. Which, to be honest, even in the um the field of view of the Rift, I don't know if that's gonna make a huge difference. To be honest, because you could see up and down pretty well. The I posted a video on Facebook of what I'm seeing in the VR headset with the rally car, and it actually crops a lot of it up top. Not right. a whole lot down low because what you're seeing is the bottom of my screen on my right eye up to high definition but not all the way up. So a um, better feel of view definitely isn't going to hurt at all though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this isn't a bad little first review. This is the first review review I've seen of the Odyssey specific to iRacing. So uh, check that out. Search the forums for Samsung Odyssey, and you will find it. Okay, I guess you keep getting the comical ones, Tony. You go in with the next one.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got the, uh, I got the good straws tonight. Uh, so there's this video, how to make your own steering wheel. And yeah, it's, it's silly, but I got to give this guy credit. He's made this wheel, uh, completely out of cardboard and, uh, looks like he's, uh, he's wired the steering, uh, into a mouse. Um, and like, absolutely. Like, genius to kind of come up with this uh totally silly and you know uh i would never use one Uh, i don't see a purpose for it but uh it nonetheless it's it's kind of a funny watch so I, i rather enjoyed it well if you're on a budget
0: i mean and you have an old mouse laying around in a box and you got a cardboard box you can make a wheel (laughs) <laughs> and it and you can actually race with it he shows himself racing with it and it seems to work fairly well um he has a video on youtube as well of him making how to make it you know and he and he how he cut out the cardboard and he bit you know he glued it together with some glue and and he did you know took apart the mouse and he did the wiring and everything and uh it's kind of a neat engineering exercise at at a minimum.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it's just the uh, like the whole deal is just silly as hell. Um but but the work and the imagination like well, like you said the engineering that he put into it, it's it's uh, you know, quite well done. It's bloody cardboard, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah, crazy. Uh I guess you could search uh this by going to youtube and search amazing cardboard diy ps4 steering wheel and you'll find it uh okay i got the next one we got a direct drive wheel and pedals for under 400 bucks is this too good to be true (laughs) there's a new company with a website called feelvr.game, F E L excuse me, F-E-E-L-V-R.game is their website. And right now they got a special, if you pre-order, I think it's $388 and you get the direct drive base, you get uh, the GT steering wheel, you get the formula One steering wheel, you get the power supply, you get the pedals with a load cell sensor and cables, three hundred
2: and eighty eight bucks And yeah, yeah, like for that price, you know it's it like, since it's new and everything um I, I, that's I think that's worth the gamble, that's pretty damn cheap well uh. One of our YouTubers
0: at Sim Racing Paddock, uh, he uh, did a thorough look at this. um, And he put up his own video talking about it, a 14-minute video. If you go over to Sim Racing Paddock on YouTube, you'll see it. And uh, he talks about it. And he talks about this. And he doesn't know what to think about it. Uh, The owners are out of the Ukraine, apparently. Uh, From what he can see, everything's on the up and up. Uh, The product, the website looks really nice. I mean, it's got a, it's like black and red and it looks nice. His big thing is the specs don't show how much torque is this direct drive. So if you go to buy a direct drive wheel, the big thing is how much force does it put out. That's how they determine the, you know, the cost and the size and, and so forth of these things, that's really the key stat, you know. And so there is no stat about how powerful this direct drive is. And he said, well, if we had that information, we could probably make a better informed decision about it. But uh, but yeah, he actually contacted the uh, owner and got a response back and and so forth. So it seems like it's on the up and up. Um, I don't know if I would pre-order this or not. Um, it does say no payment required right now if you subscribe for the early bird special. So I don't know that you would lose anything by pushing the button, so to speak, and putting your email in. But, uh, what do you guys think? I mean, it looks pretty good.
1: I actually watched a little bit of that video the other night and it does look good. Um And actually, if I remember correctly, the Fanatec Podium series, which is their direct drive wheel, wasn't a whole lot more than this one was going to be, for, at least for the hub. So I think we're getting to the point where those direct drive wheels are starting to get come down a little bit in price.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this is probably a startup company, obviously, you know. So there's always a risk there. Like you said, if it's the same price, I'd probably go to Fanatec because – you know they've been around. You know if you if you have a warranty problem, you're going to get some help. You know.
1: Yeah, the biggest advantage this one gives you though is you get the pedals with it and the multiple wheels. But uh, I I would hold off until it actually came out and started seeing more reviews. Yeah,
0: you need. Um, some, yeah, we need a real iRacer to actually get their hands on it.
1: I want to see a race this direct drive wheel versus the cardboard wheel.
0: <laughs> that's there you that's go. a true test. <laughs> Visually, it, it's pretty stunning. I mean, I love the red and the black. It's a nice mix.
1: And I, it looked like it was a decent size. I would, if I were to make a guess, I would say 13 to 14 inches. Um, I have the G29, and the, really the only thing I don't like about it is it is a little bit smaller wheel. I think it's like around 11, uh, 11 to 12. So even the size of wheel it comes with looked very good in the video.
0: Yeah. All right, William. Why don't you take the last topic?
1: Gotcha. It's loading up here. So yeah, no. This is a, a sim rig dedicated directly to VR. So I don't know how to pronounce the name of the company. I'm gonna butcher it. Vasaro. Vasaro. Okay. So yeah, I would have definitely said that wrong. But it looks like it's a modular system. So it looks like you kind of don't have to get it all out all at one. But because there's gonna be five different models. But dedicated directly to VR, which is actually really nice. Um, looks like they have all the mounts you're going to need for the VR sensors, which is really one of the more difficult components. Um, with a, a pre-built rig, is they don't have places to set those. So it looks really nice. Something I want to look a little bit more into, but it's really cool. I, I'm as someone who uses VR a lot, I'm glad to see. Uh, companies are going this route, building these rigs because once you try it, it, it's definitely immersive. Yeah, this this is high end.
0: This is very high end stuff. This is a full motion VR rig with the D box. Now, the D box is that little square box they put under each leg of the cockpit that moves it up and down and and so forth.
1: No, I was I was just trying to read through it. Does each of those five models include the D box, or is the D box like at a certain point? So they no, they mentioned five different models. Um, no, no, I read it here. I'm a, I read right over it. Each model is full motion enabled. So,
0: yep. And they have a PDF uh, on their Facebook page where, if you open it, you'll get a a very nice look at their rigs. They have some killer stuff. They've always had good stuff. This is like their new update for 2018. It's kind of VR specific, so to speak. Um, but boy, if you want the high-end stuff, this is something to check out for sure. Now, I do think they're European-based, um, so I don't know what it would take to get this in the U.S., but um, check it out, Visaro, V-E-S-A-R-O dot com. What do you think, Tony? Would you like one of those?
2: Oh, that's an easy answer. Yes, this thing is freaking beautiful. Um, you know, yeah. Strapped at the VR, I don't know how much uh, how how much closer you can get to get you know get to the real thing. Um, you know, I've seen some some setups that have that. You know, where you can you can feel the rear end getting loose. It'll kind of sway back and forth. Now, if that's added onto this, uh, you know, that's pretty much the whole package.
0: They kind of have a signature design to where the steering wheel mount is as it goes down behind the pe- the pedals. You kind of see how they all look the same that way?
1: Yeah, it kind of looks like a... kind of has a slope like an Indy or Formula car, the way it kind of slopes down to the pedals.
0: Yeah, it kind of slopes down and then it doubles back towards you as it goes down and connects. So uh, that's kind of their look and their signature, so to speak. And the D box to make the full motion thing is just awesome, you know, to add that on top of that. And boy, what a rig. And I you know, it's it's one of those kind of things where they don't really have pricing here. But if you have to ask, then you can't afford it. <laughs> In fact, if I clicked a link here on the webpage, and I did get some pricing, uh, the Visaro commercial VR stage 1 it's in euros 14,612. And the cool. stage 6 is a high of 46,459 euros.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. 46 grand.
2: Yeah, you're right. If you got to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All yeah, right, that's let's, crazy. <laughs> that
0: is insane. Can you imagine $46,000 on a rig?
1: you almost be able to buy a real race car, depending on what you were looking at for that much.
0: If you're uh, a millionaire in Europe, this is uh, what you want for Christmas, guys. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Tony Groves, what do you got?
2: Well, I, I, I don't have a whole lot this week. Um, my, it looks like my work schedule is uh, going to start slowing down here uh shortly so just in time for this this new update um that that's great i'm looking forward to it tonight it's going to be a late night because i'm going to be doing a bunch of racing um can't wait to jump in and and see all the all the new stuff and i really want to jump a car but uh you know just a few more minutes that's that's all i got this week boys (laughs) well thank you for being here uh
0: william gibson final thoughts
1: no, I'm just excited for this build. Um, I've spent a lot of time with, or some time with David this week, helping him get up to speed on dirt, looking forward to doing some more of that, and just, um, just, yeah, I feel like I started iRacing at a perfect time, because since I started, they've thrown more cars and tracks at me than I could even handle, so.
0: <laughs> I know, there's so much content out there, it's uh, overwhelming almost. All right, well, Big big build. Uh kudos to iRacing is my final thought. Wow, Global Rallycross, Cross, Dirt Licenses. That's huge just alone. And but then everything else to do with the NASCAR uh series and what they've done to the cars and the aerodynamic reset. Um I am anxious to try that NASCAR iRacing series uh or Road to Pro or A Open or whatever. And figure out what's been changed. Uh, I ran a couple laps at Atlanta. It was weird. I don't know what to think yet. Um, but I'm excited. You know, I'm optimistic about it. And um, as far as you know, I was week thirteen here. You know, I think I'm going to be running some global rallycross. Uh, it starts every hour at the top of the hour. Uh, the races. Um, the race two hours ago had over 670 entrants. I saw. That's amazing how much traffic uh we've seen here today on iRacing. William, how many people did you say you saw
1: online earlier? Uh it just went below I think it's 69,000 or no, not sixty nine thousand, sixty nine hundred 6900 right now, but it was it was creeping up on 7 7500, so 7500 um, online. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Um I think being week 13 having a lot less series to run definitely helps, but yeah, no over five, 600 people in global rally cross. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yep. And it ain't going to mess up my oval license. I'm so happy that I can go over there and race worry free. Who cares if I get wrecked as a rookie? You know, I don't even care. I don't have any, what am I going to do? Lose I rating. I don't have. So, you know, that's what I, I'm happy about. i relieved about that. We have these dirt licenses. I think that's the big thing. So thank you, iRacing, for fixing that and getting that out. Um, And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.